0: Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Purify Your Souls by Obeying the Truth. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome. To all our new listeners here for the first time, thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, I have made a grave error in telling you what scripture is being used or read. In episodes 3, 4, and 5, I have incorrectly quoted scripture as being in 1 John. This is Incorrect the verse ranges in those episodes are found in First Peter. Only the author of scripture is wrong as I referenced John instead of properly referencing Peter. Our summer series is in first Peter presently and will end in second Peter, not. 1st or 2nd John. My apologies for this grave error. Welcome to our summer series titled, What We Need to Know or Reaffirm. Our summer series is sourced in 1st and 2nd Peter. Last week in our episode titled, You Shall Be Holy Because I Am Holy, Part 2, July 25th, We examined how even angels look into our lives in Christ. John Gill's commentary encouraged us this way. About other things, give yourselves up wholly to them, meditate upon them, employ yourselves in them, and about them, seeing they are the study and inquiry of angels. We also examined why we should be holy because God is holy. John Gill says also, For I, the Lord your God, am holy in his nature, essence, originally, independently, immutably, and perfectly. And the more holy they were, the more like they would be to him. This week, we are going to examine a story that Peter reminds his readers of something Isaiah said. We will examine both authors, starting with Peter, where we read, You have purified your souls by obeying the truth in order to show sincere, mutual love. So love one another earnestly from a pure heart. You have been born anew, not from Perishable, but from imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was proclaimed to you. From 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 22 through 25. Notice in verse 22 how Peter is encouraging us to love one another from a pure heart. He states we have a foundation for doing that which is found in the first sentence in verse 22. You have purified your souls by obeying the truth in order to show sincere mutual love. This is the primary point in this verse. We are to purify our souls. The way we do that is by obeying the truth. Obeying the truth is how we show or demonstrate sincere, mutual love. In America, at least, we define the difference between the love of a friend, the love of a relative, and the love of a spouse as all different types or forms of love, each one in its own scale. Each one can NOT intrude on the others. We even find that the love of God is on its own level. Today, these different levels of love can be far less definitive in the American modern world. Resolving any conflict in this issue so it makes sense is for each person to do. Reading further, The apostle passes to another exhortation, namely, to brotherly love, the ground of which he makes to be, the purification of their souls, and which supposes that they had been impure, and indeed, their whole persons, souls, and bodies, were so by nature, Even all the members of their bodies and all the powers and faculties of their souls. It is internal purity, purity of the heart, that is here particularly respected, though not to the exclusion of outward purity, for where there is the former, there will be the latter. But there may be an external purity where there is not. The inward one. This the Apostle ascribes to the saints themselves, but not without the grace of God, the blood of Christ, and the operations of His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, as appears by a following clause. But they are said to purify themselves, inasmuch as having the grace of faith bestowed on them. They were enabled under the influences of the Spirit of God to exercise it on the blood of Christ, which cleanses from all sin. From the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. Notice this important part of the commentary passage we just read. It said, The purification of their souls and which supposes that they had been impure, and indeed their whole persons, souls, and bodies were so by nature, even all the members of their bodies, all the powers and faculties of their souls. It is internal purity, purity of the heart, that is here particularly respected, though not to the exclusion of outward purity but there may be an external purity where there is not the inward one. Even if we are considered to be very nice people, seemingly without any perceived error or negative issues, we are nonetheless not the least bit so until we are saved in Christ. Why? They had been impure, and indeed their whole Persons, souls, and bodies were so by nature. The depth of this impurity even goes to all the members of their bodies and all the powers and faculties of their souls. But there may be an external purity where there is not the inward one. That last part of this commentary explains what I said earlier. For reference, I said, Even if we are considered to be very nice people, seemingly without any perceived error or negative issues, we are nonetheless not the least bit so until we are saved in Christ. Meaning, we need not only evidence of external purity, but we also need evidence of inward purity that is the heart of this study portion. I think further commentary helps us firm this thinking up. Having purified your souls by obeying the truth through the Spirit, who bestows upon you freely both obedience and purity of heart, and unfeigned love of the brethren, go on to still higher degrees of love. Love one another fervently, with the most strong and tender affection, and yet with a pure heart, pure from any spot of unholy desire or inordinate passion. From John Wesley's Notes on the Bible Notice the implied, at the very least, emphasis. It is on us, meaning it is our duty to purify our souls by obeying the truth through the Spirit. This, at the very least, suggests we have the help of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, capital S, so that purifying our souls and obeying truth has any degree of possibility for us to attain something of this charge. It is also suggested, at the very least in Scripture, that we see this is a completed work. Notice how this commentary passage we are examining opened. Having purified your souls by obeying the truth through the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit. Notice how John Wesley speaks of this as a completed work. The completion of this work is not a future event based on how he has written his commentary passage. John Wesley speaks of human purification in regard to his readers as a past and completed event in the life of the one who is saved in Christ where does his thinking come from? Let us see what commentary may say to help us out further. In obeying the truth of the gospel by receiving, believing, and embracing it in the love of it, which teaches outward purity and is a means in the hand of the spirit of inward purity and of directing to the purifying blood of Jesus, who sanctifies and cleanses by the word through the Spirit, Holy Spirit. For, as Christ died to purify to himself a peculiar people, the Spirit of Christ does from him purify the heart by faith in his blood by sprinkling that on the conscience and by leading the faith of God's people to the fountain of it, to wash it for sin and for uncleanliness, even both their consciences and their conversation, garments, whereby they obtain inward and outward purity. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. That should help clear this up so we better understand as God's people, we can be holy by obeying the truth. When we fail in that, we have forgiveness that washes away our sins as far as the East is from the West. As far as the East is from the West, so far has He removed our rebellions from us. From Psalms 103. Verse 12 in the English Jubilee 2000 Bible. Let's make a quick examination of this verse for clarity. So far has He removed our transgressions from us, which removed men and angels from God and set them at a distance from Him, and which, if not removed, are such burdens as must sink men down into the lowest hell and yet cannot be removed by anything that they can do, not by any sacrifices, services, or duties of any kind, nor in any other way, nor by any other person, than the Lord Himself. And this is to be understood not of a removal of the being of sin out of His people, for that is not done in this life, rather, of the removal of the guilt of sin by a special application of pardoning grace and mercy, but, best of all, of a removal of sins to Christ and of them by his sacrifice and sanctification. Christ engaged as a surety for his people. Jehovah the Father considered him as such, and therefore, did not impute their sins to them, but to him, and when he sent him in the likeness of sinful flesh, he removed them from them, and laid them upon him, who voluntarily took them on himself, cheerfully bore them, and, by bearing them, removed the iniquity of the land in one day, and carried them away to the greatest distance, and even put them away forever by the sacrifice of himself. And upon the satisfaction he gave to divine justice, the Lord removed them both from him and them, justified and acquitted him and his people in him, and by this means so effectually and so far are their transgressions removed that they shall never be seen any more nor ever be imputed to them nor be brought against them to their condemnation in consequence of which hardened is applied To them, and so sin is removed from their consciences. From the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. I hope that removes any doubt you may have regarding the state of your salvation, even if you have sinned, even if you still doubt despite asking God to forgive you. Hopefully, This creates a greater degree of surety in your forgiveness and just how complete that forgiveness is from Christ when we ask for it. This is one of the centerpieces of our being in Christ, what some call born again. Verse 23 helps us see this better. It reads, You have been born anew, not from Perishable, but from imperishable seed, through the living and enduring Word of God. Being born again, as they were of God, according to his abundant mercy, by the resurrection of Christ, to a lively hope of a glorious inheritance, and therefore seeing they were brethren in a spiritual relation, they ought to love as brethren, being children of the same father, belonging to the same family and household, having the same spirit, and the same nature and disposition, and being members of one another, and heirs of the same grace and glory, and not only so, but were taught of God their Father in regeneration, to love one another. It became them highly, therefore, to exercise that grace, and particularly since they were born, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. From the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. Not of corruptible seed, not as at first of mortal parents born to die the word of God, which lives and abides forever, and therefore communicates and nourishes life which will be eternal. Truth is the means of regeneration and sanctification, and men by believing and obeying it are instrumental of their own eternal life. From Family Bible Notes from the Nazarene Users Group. Christian brotherhood flows from our new birth of an imperishable seed, the abiding Word of God. This is the consideration urged here to lead us to exercise brotherly love. As natural relationship gives rise to natural affection, so spiritual relationship gives rise to spiritual and therefore abiding love even as the seed from which it springs is abiding, not transitory as earthly things. From Robert Jameson, A.R. Fawcett, and David Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. Verse 23 from 1 Peter, with these three commentary passages, should firm this subject for you it should be very clear that there is a human birth or natural birth of all men and women. Then, by our choice, a spiritual birth. God does not demand we make this choice. It is 100% our choice to make or not. We decide to be saved by the grace of Christ on the cross or we do not. Now, Looking at the last two verses. These last two verses have always been used by teachers and pastors I have run into in a cryptic way to make themselves seem more above those they teach. So they revealed more of their own thoughts than providing actual teaching. So, let us dig in and learn something, maybe a new thing here. Peter quotes, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 through 8. That passage in Isaiah reads, A voice says, Cry out. Another asks, What should I cry out? The first voice responds, All people are like grass, and all their promises are like the flowers in the field. The grass dries up, the flowers wither, when the wind sent by the Lord blows on them. Surely." Humanity is like grass. The grass dries up, the flowers wither, but the decree of our God is forever reliable. Peter said in 1 Peter verses 24 through 25, For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever and this is the word that was proclaimed to you. I think you can see that going back to Isaiah, where this was first spoken, provides a great degree of enlightenment for our modern-day minds. Peter knew who he was speaking to. They already had a foundation for his quote and sums up Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 through 8, then exactly quoting it. hence. The contrast we may see here. Still, further examination helps us further understand what Isaiah said and Peter quoted. We will examine Isaiah chapter 40 verses 6 through 8 first. The grass withers, the flower fades, which is repeated to raise attention to it as being a matter of importance and for the confirmation of it but the word of our God shall stand forever, the Apostle Peter adds, by way of explanation. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you, who seems to distinguish the word from the gospel by which it is preached, and to intend Christ the essential word who stands or abides forever as a divine person in his office as mediator, being prophet, priest, and king forever, in the efficacy of his blood, righteousness, and sacrifice, and in the fullness of his grace. It is true of the written word or gospel, which remains, is everlasting, and will stand and continue, notwithstanding the persecutions of tyrants, the craft of false teachers, the reproach of ungodly men, and the death of the best of men, even of ministers. Though all flesh is grass, fading and withering, the Word of God is fresh and lively, firm and durable, and so it is as transcribed into the hearts of men, where it becomes the ingrafted Word and issues. In everlasting life, it may be applied to God's word of promise, which is forever settled in heaven and is always fulfilled. From the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. Now, we will see how John Gill comments on our New Testament scripture here in First Peter. For all flesh is as grass. All men, as born of corruptible seed, are frail, mortal, and perishing. They spring up like grass, and look beautiful for a while, but are very weak and tender. And in a little time they are cut down by death, and wither away. And while they live, are, in a good measure, nothing but grass in another form and substance of their life is greatly by it and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass all outward things which are in esteem with men and render them glorious to one another as riches honor wisdom strength external righteousness holiness and goodness all which are fading and transitory like the flower of the field. But the gospel continues and reveals durable riches and honor with Christ and true wisdom and strength with him and spiritual knowledge and an everlasting righteousness and true holiness in him. The grass withers and the flower thereof fades away, and so fading are all the above things. We should finally note this from John Gill's commentary. Some have thought respect may be had to the legal dispensation and to all the glory and stateliness and goodliness of the worship and ordinances of it, which were to endure but for a time and are now removed. And the gospel dispensation has taken place of them, which will continue to the end of the world. That should explain things with a degree of clarity that helps us understand that we are in the gospel dispensation. It is why we see much injustice in the world. It is also why it seems that God is on a holiday with regard to the wicked not getting what most people consider to be their proper recompense. Yet, Bible prophecy warns of such a thing in end times prophecy. Their very harsh day is coming when the gospel dispensation soon comes to its end and times prophecy tells us how things are degenerate in a greatly noticeable way it should also be understood that it happens in what the bible calls the last days but i digress in proper summary all flesh meaning all peoples around the world are like grass this analogy is very suitable as Like grass, mankind is born of corruptible seed, is frail, mortal, and perishing. Mankind springs up like grass and looks beautiful for a while, but is very weak and tender, and in a little time they are cut down by death and wither away. Today, this analogy should make even more sense since we cut grass until it dies and the winter sets in. Then, in the spring, the grass is reborn anew. Sound familiar? This is why this analogy should not be unfamiliar to us even today. Notice still, in all the glory of man as the flower of the grass all outward things which are in esteem with men and render them glorious to one another as riches, honor, wisdom, strength, external righteousness, holiness, and goodness, all which are fading and transitory like the flower of the field or grass. So, what is more durable or long lasting since grass is fleeting at best? Commentary sums it up this way The gospel continues and reveals durable riches and honor with Christ, and true wisdom and strength with Him, and spiritual knowledge, and an everlasting righteousness and true holiness in him next week we will examine the second chapter of first peter in our episode titled a living stone a chosen people next week's episode is where we will begin to find out what a living stone is and who these chosen people are lay or download our next episode from one of our podcast hosts or Follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation free version. Also, please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you would want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach Presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God, as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titles, How to be Saved, If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sunday's U.S. East Coast time zone. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our website is located at this address, unchurched.site123.me. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.